0: Your reputation speaks for itself now, does it? Let's break that down a little bit because reputation is a proud thing for many fertility doctors, many people who work in the fertility field. It is a commercial advantage. It is not all of the commercial advantages, it's not all of the marketing advantages. So let's talk about what reputation is versus the competitive disadvantages that fertility centers and fertility doctors are at if they're only leaning on reputation and not on some other things that we're going to talk about today. So for the first time, we've got massively funded companies entering the reproductive health space. And by the first time, I mean, that's like within the last couple of decades. But now, really, for the first time is in the last couple of years, they're developing widely recognizable brands to a population that had generally been unfamiliar with the fertility field. So we're taking consumer branding, think Lululemon, Starbucks, and now applying that to brands that provide fertility services in some different ways. Established fertility companies often attempt to counter these huge brand advantages with their reputation. Why wouldn't your reputation is extremely valuable for all of us business owners, certainly in the reproductive health space, but especially for fertility docs. Even when process complaints, people complaining about process or negative outcomes, making REIs rating less than five stars, you have a proud reputation. You've dedicated your career, and very few people can do that, to help people have families the way you do. Your reputation deserves respect, and it's a sensitive topic, which is why I'm treading lightly in tone, and I also really want to hammer the difference between these advantages and disadvantage, because you do need to understand, that it doesn't matter how good your reputation is. Reproductive health companies that make little distinction between brand reputation are at competitive disadvantage because they're not the same thing. Brand and reputation overlap. They can work with each other, they can work against each other, but they're not the same. if you go to fertilitybridge.com, if you go to the article, that this episode is linked to, you can see the visual that we that you can see how brand and reputation overlap with each other, how they're rooted in positioning, how they overlap with culture, and the absence of the intentional formula, meaning being intentional of reputation plus brand, both of these two things together, fertility businesses suffer from the default equation of reputation minus brand, or brand minus reputation. So We've got a great brand but a lousy reputation then your brand is being hindered by the lousy reputation you've got a great reputation then it's having to do extra work to make up for what you're not getting from what brand should be able to do so what is reputation it bears a little bit of thinking about because we often say that we have great reputations we almost always say that but In my view, that's doing a bit of a disservice to what's actually involved in a great reputation. It's, It's almost like not fully appreciating the magnitude of what a great reputation is and how hard that is to do. I think about that. I made 140 podcast episodes for you. I've served dozens of clients. We've had clients that have worked with us for years. It's like, is my reputation perfect? And like I'm a person that's a principal of a client services firm. My reputation better be good. And I still think there's times where I I want it to be better. I'm constantly yearning for it to be better because it's so much. It is the sum of what is said about you by your patients or if you're on the business side of this field, your clients, let's say patients slash clients. Secondly, your peers, which often includes competitors your employees, people that do, you do business with, vendors, people that you interact with, and the media, the public at large. At least those five different demographics make up your reputation, uh, your patients. They get to... And, and so within each of these groups there's multiple different platforms, channels, audiences for them, right? Your patients are on social media, online review sites like Google, Fertility IQ, support groups like Resolve, Fertility Matter- Matters, through your patient satisfaction platforms, like press gaining or net promoter score, your peers. They also have friends in the field, same as you do. They also went to fellowship with people and and residency and and worked at this hospital or this practice with other person, just like you did. Uh, so it doesn't just include your colleagues, it also includes aspiring providers, referring providers, uh, and of course your competitors, and they can talk about you in private conversation and channels that they have because they have those existing relationships at ASRM, other conferences. Your employees are on LinkedIn, they're on Glassdoor, they're at networking events. They're they're spreading your reputation in or their their perception of it, which part of that is the sum in your own office to other people, people you do business with, your, your vendors and, and the advisors that you hire at professional services, how you treat them and pay them gets around too. And then finally, just what does the public say about you? The coverage that you do or don't get From reporting outlets. Reputation isn't always fair. It just is what it is. There are times when I feel like, wow, we did a really good job for that firm, and maybe they don't think so. And that's why I phase our engagements to try to always try to go back and uh, make sure that the relationship is good, even when we've stopped working with people, certainly while we are working with people, because you've got multiple demographics over multiple different platforms that make up your reputation. And that is really hard to have as a sterling presence. That's extremely hard to do. And so it isn't always fair. It is what it is. I always want it to be sterling. There's a couple of people where it's like, damn, they have a really good reputation. It's vulnerable because of all of those things, but theirs is really good. And I wanna be one of those people. I suspect you do too. We can only get there if we treat this with the sacredness that reputation really is because it doesn't matter if competitors drag your name through the mud or if a former employees have an ax to grind or if some former IVF patients take a negative outcome out on you. Sterling reputation is that hard to come by. It's not always fair. A strong reputation is not necessarily equatable to a strong brand either. So let's pretend you have all of this. Hopefully, you're a little bit more humble in thinking of just the gravity of what's involved in reputation, Uh, but that's fiat that you have all of these things. It's not equatable to a strong brand and vice versa. Brand is what you show of yourself. Reputation is what these five constituencies perceive and say about you. Brand is what you give them to recognize and associate with you or not. Reputation is sometimes reactive. Brand is meant to be proactive. Why don't we put our friends and sponsors engaged MD through this branding reputation rubric and see how they do? Hmm. How is their reputation and how is their brand? How do they use them differently? The reputation is when I hold a m- meeting with REI practice owners. And six of them are using Engaged MD, and six of them tell everybody else in the room how revolutionary it's been for their practice. Or testimonial after testimonial after testimonial on Engaged MD's website from people that you probably know that talk about how great they are. When we're at the Association of Reproductive Managers meeting, and one person starts talking about Engaged MD, and then it just becomes an Engaged MD smooch fest after that. That's reputation, brand. Is that engaged md socks when i first told my wife that engaged md became a sponsor of the show she said oh the sock people and you know what socks i'm talking about because they're awesome they would be the that would be my wardrobe of socks if i could but when you see those pineapple socks you know that's engaged md right there that makes you think of the reputation that makes you think of the software that makes you think of the people that you know that work there maybe it makes you think of me talking about them on the podcast That's brand happening in action. Well, one is their reputation. So if both of these things are starting to come together for you, EngageMD has worked with hundreds of fertility practices to optimize workflows. They have an automated system and they've seen hundreds of practices in different countries. If you want them to take a look at your workflow, and be able to instantly show you the gaps they'll do that for free you should tell them that you heard them on the show because that will help you get that free workflow efficiency consultation go to engagedmd.com griffin if that engagedmd.com irh link isn't up anymore go to engagedmd.com griffin either way mention that you heard them on the show get that free assessment you can conduct the, you can get that assessment conducted of your existing education engagement, your paperwork, consenting processes, they will show you the gaps, they have the experience of hundreds of clients, and they can show you that in one place. So go to engagemd.com slash Griffin, whether it's because you immediately recognize them when you saw their socks, or when you saw their cool gold pens, or heard them on the show, or you heard one of your colleagues talking about them. It's one of the best things that you're going to be able to do for your staff. Whether you end up moving forward with them or not, just getting that assessment is going to help a light bulb go off. EngagedMD.com slash Griffin. And now back to the show. Brand does at least four things that reputation does not do. First, it multiplies. Second, it differentiates. Third, it expresses. Fourth, it promises. When I say that a brand multiplies, when I was at PCRS, I gave a talk on this topic and I had two pictures of two different coffee companies. On one hand, uh, on the left hand, I had uh, a picture with a coffee cup and the name of that company. And on the one on the right, I had a picture of just a coffee mug with a circular green logo with a, the the siren lady in green with some stars on it. And I asked the people on the right, hey, what is, I asked the people about the coffee mug on the right, what's the best coffee there? And they said, the mocha latte, the nitro cold brew, they gave their answers. What is the sizes that this coffee comes in? Venti, tall, grindy, what do the employees do to the cup? They write your name on it. What what benefits do they offer? Fertility benefits. And then I asked, what about the place on the left? they had no idea about the place on the left, even though the place on the left had the name of that coffee company in it, and the place on the right didn't. The place on the right just had the green logo with the pretty lady in the side of the green, and I haven't even told you the name yet, and you know who I'm talking about. That's the difference between brand and reputation, and in this case, both of those coffee shops had good reputations. They were both in that vicinity, by pcrs in indian wells california that one had a 4.4 out of hundreds of reviews the other had a 4.5 out of hundreds of reviews so what happens when you have been a local place and you're now competing against these consumer brands you have a good good reputation what happens if they also establish a good reputation what advantages do they have it multiplies the simple definition of a brand is a mark no, logos slogans taglines brand ambassadors, they're not in and of themselves a brand, nowhere close to it. But these symbols allow companies to scale their message and perception to a magnitude and readiness that reputation can cannot. It's not the pretty lady in green on the cup that is the brand in and of itself, right? It's that symbol and that aesthetic and the other things that they have associated that get you within an instant to know all of those other things, the benefits that they offer, the kind of coffee that they sell, what the employees do. That, that is what brand does, it multiplies. And the second that it does is differentiates. The purest form of differentiation is recognition, being able to recognize something as different distinctly that's what brand allows you to do which is what you're competing against for the first time now that you were not in 1999 and not even in 2010 and not even in 2015 because the brands that have even been the largest practice groups in our field have never had this before this is brand new there's only a couple of companies doing this thus far but now that we have our Lululemons in our space and our Starbucks is in our space, uh, that level of recognition is, is happening to them, at that, that level of differentiation. So brand multiplies, it differentiates and it expresses. And the reason why I split up this concept of brand identification into differentiation and expression is because one, I wanna show you how it's differentiating is is showing you how customer is allowing customers to identify you out of a crowd they're differentiating you but expression allows them to differentiate themselves expression allows them to identify themselves there's an abundance of research on this i include some of it in the article that shows how consumers seek new ways in which they can express their personal identity through brands and you think well what does this mean well you've seen it forever with status right mercedes rolex oakley those things all meant status but now we're seeing even more brand identification that i really care about the environment and nature because i wear patagonia and i'm expressing that to you i'm expressing that to other people that's my identity i'm using the brand to express it i am a self a socially conscious person, which is where I wear Tom's shoes, I'm expressing to you my values in social equity and, uh, and giving back. And so if you, we're starting to think, yeah, but that's, that, those are consumer goods. That's not going to happen in healthcare. It is happening. It's starting to happen right now. You can watch it happen on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and TikTok as people start to wear the flag of their center. And the more easily recognizable the flag, the more they can attract other patients, the more they can allow that center to be seen as the most prestigious, the more that their employees are easily able to attract colleagues and and other potential employees and senior executives. Well, yeah, but we have our reputation. Yes, reputation still matters. Reputation matters whether you've got a brand or not. Brand is the flag and how easily recognizable all of this is and how it allows people to express themselves. Your reputation doesn't allow somebody to express themselves. I could have the best reputation for Fertility Bridge. It doesn't allow you to express yourself of how forward thinking you are by using Fertility Bridge, right? partly because our brand is on our own brand is underdeveloped in that area. So the core of Gen Z at the core of of Gen Z is the idea of manifesting individual identity, right? What I'm trying to say is that this concept keeps getting, uh, it's more acute as you get younger, but it's also aging up Yeah. well, that's just the 25 year olds. Yeah. But, but next year, it's not just the 26 year olds it's the 30-year-olds, right? And the year after that, it's not just the 31-year-olds, it's the 35-year-olds. So it's aging up quickly. And this idea of manifesting individual identity is at the core of the millennial narrative. It certainly is at Gen Z's. I also link to some of this research from McK- McKinsey and Company that as you're older, you know this this might just be kind of like a, a nicety for the brand expression. Uh, but as our patient base gets younger, it, it can be completely irrelevant entirely not to have a brand. And that tendency is, is aging up quickly. All right, So we've talked about the three of the four advantages that brand has multiplying, differentiating, expressing. Fourth is that brand allows you to make a promise. And the, your reputation is the judgment of that promise. Patients and clients set their own expectations in the absence and sometimes in spite of a clear promise the more strongly your brand reinforces your promise the more you're able to impact the measure by which you're judged reputation plus brand please don't think of this as well i have a good brand uh, and therefore we don't need to really put that to to the test of of how well our reputation matches no that's not true It's conversely not true of, we've got a great reputation. What do we need a brand for? You need a brand because reputation does not multiply, differentiate, express, or promise. So when you think of these two things together, you no longer have four competitive disadvantages. You have those four advantages in addition to reputation. They overlap because both reputation and brand are born of positioning, and they overlap with culture, but they're not equally synonymous. So instead of you having the uh, default reputation minus brand or brand minus reputation equation, you're now gonna have the intentional formula reputation plus brand. Consider these four advantages, especially the, the last two, expression and promise. Those are particular vulnerabilities for reproductive health companies because these generations switch on a dime and the behavior is aging up more quickly than we are. If you'd like to further explore this, if you'd like to talk more about your brand, we can do that in the Golden Competitive Diagnostic at $600. We have a framework to start with your partners, just so you can see what goes into the whole thing. And we can do that in the Golden Competitive Diagnostic if you're thinking about updating your brand. Either way, I hope you see the differences between these two that as they start to happen, that you position themselves well, and I hope you enjoyed the show. You've been listening to the Inside Reproductive Health Podcast with Griffin Jones.